from Buddhism to Christianity, from seeking nirvana to finding a relationship with the creator God of the universe. Incredible change and an incredible story, and it all began right back here at this Buddhist monastery. sitting right here on the edge of uh, the Bay of Bengal at one of the temples. Now this particular temple is the only one left out of seven that were built along the seashore. Why? Because it was built in 690 AD and the ravages of storms and wind, rain, whatever have taken their toll including maybe even looters. But these were built from solid rock. Now they weren't actually constructed but they were carved you can see in certain areas some of the carving seems to be missing but it was never actually started they just ran out of energy or money or they decided just not to complete their task and they went someplace else or the king called them to do something else but it's exciting here to learn about the cultures to learn about the people to learn about the gods that they worship it helps us understand uh, I was gonna say maybe better about uh, where each culture comes from, what they worship, how they worship, and what they do in life. They call it Lord Krishna's butterball. Now supposedly it's balanced precariously here on the edge of this rock and even eons ago, the king and all of his elephants couldn't budge it because God Krishna is holding it in this one spot. Even the tsunami that came right off the Sea of Bengal here couldn't move it. So they say it's an absolutely sacred stone and a sacred place. It is interesting and it is big. It, uh, well, I don't know, you decide for yourself. Now we're right out here on the Sea of Bengal. Yes. Uh, how big was the kingdom of a king? How much did he reign? Or rule, I, I should say. I don't know that. Don't know. I don't know. Little because small, little the, small areas. Because and king, they came here, business people like the business. Then Pallavas group imported from the business. What did they sell here? What was? Then here to then seventy kilometers capital Kanchi from, lot of protected from the silk. Silk. Like the cotton. Okay. Then from the year working for the stone, from the exporting for the other country. 
then how can get it never drive by car so the this ship this, like a sea mile. this place has been famous then for exporting then stone for stone, a long yes, time from the, What did they use for paint? Fruit. Fruit. How many colors would this have originally been painted? Then a green, then it's possible the green. You can see them? Yep. Like the green and red colors from the blue. Like the blue. Green, blue, and, and, and red. red. Yeah, they're possible two colors from the green and red. So this was very bright and very spectacular yes. at that time. Because for the hard working, there is a one generation, example from the number king. You like that this is carving, you are grow. Maximum you do the carving from the 60, 70 years, get hard working after your retirement. Because much old, not start the work. So you so started the monuments also unfinished. Are you saying you started carving this when you were young? Yes. By the time you quit, you're old? Yes. And so you retire, you're done. Done. The devotion of these people must be admired. Many of them will spend a large portion of their meager funds to give offerings and gifts to their gods. They will spend much of their day in devotions, calling upon the one they worship with cymbals, horns, and drums. You and I may not understand this devotion to idols of gold and silver, but I have great respect for their dedication and pray that the God of heaven will guide them and give me the same dedication to serving my Lord and Savior. Split the whole rock under the tree. Yeah, you can see that the bottom, the tree, and the break. The force so of this nature. is from the natural. I showing the before from the technique, from the manpower, and get a walls first. Second, the walls connected wooden piece. So that's and how they put the hot water. That's how they learned to do it. They watched Mother Nature and then yes. took the wood, put it in there, sure. poured warm water, and it expanded over that's time. And mountain from the break. That is a man working. Okay. This is a tree work. Than break. Now I've got to ask you, this is so impressive behind this. Tell me what this is. Olden days, then public coming the temple, then remove the shoe. Oh, okay. Remove the shoe. Here from the holy water. Then face washing the feet, cleaning, then somebody's then giving to karma, living. A holy water tank. Yes, only water How, tank. What, what made the water holy? Then, then buy from the fresh water for the villages and put it inside okay. every day. So when the, king, time when, the, time. when the king bought it, that made it holy, yes, basically. Yes. Okay. How about uh, the other religions? Uh, Buddha, I understand. Uh, that is then Vishnu from the ten incarnation, then ninth incarnation from the Buddhist from the North Indian subject, then South of the uh, South Indian subject from the Kalki. Nineteen incarnations. Nine, 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 nine. How do you how do you know that? I'm just curious. Okay. 
than ten incarnations from the Vishnu. Number one, from the avatar, fish, fish, fish body, man face. Okay. Number fish, two, fish body, man face. Man face. Okay. Number two, for the turtles, like the water turtles, you know. Oh, turtles. Yeah, turtles. Okay. Number ten, from the wild boar, the body from the man. So this is the the, the, the stages he went through. Yes, yes. Okay. Then body from the man and face of this boar, like the pig. And fourth one, lion face, body from the man. And fifth one, like a short man, like a beggar man, like okay. the boro, like the gypsy. And sixth one from the Rama, that is a Bhagavad Gita incarnation form. I'm sorry, what's that one? Rama. And and what's what's that one look like? Uh, like the incarnation from the Bhagavad Gita, Are Rama, you know that monkey god. Okay. Like the monkey okay. god. Then seven from the Parashurama, like the ash man, like the ash. They get the knife, and nine. Then eight one from the Balarama, elder brothers. Then small brothers, you are big brothers. This is called a big brothers called a Balarama. Then ninth one from the Krishna, from the Krishna. Then ten now Kalki from the astrology from the Kali Yuga, like a running for the arts traveling. This is a ten incarnation form, protected God Lord Vishnu. From the avatar. How, do, how do you keep track of all that? Because this is my generation's <laughs> life, you know? Okay. This is my job. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1,000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. Through the radio waves of AWR, God is reaching people around the world. We'd like to offer you an edition of Making Waves. It's four of our episodes brought to you from around the world. God speaking to hearts, the hearts of the listeners of AWR, exciting stories. We hope that you'll share those with friends and neighbors acquaintances, anyone you come in contact with, join us to make waves. It's completely free. Right now, the information's on your screen. For your free, no obligation DVD, write to Adventist World Radio, 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904, or call one 503 3531 or log on to www.awr.org/mwdvd. Be sure to request offer number 10. That number again is 18665033531. Annapurna is the god of cooking and food. Annapurna is an incarnation of the Hindu god Parvati, the wife of Shiva. Annapurna symbolizes the divine aspects of nourishing and care. Kali is known as the Dark Mother and is a ferocious form of the mother goddess Durga. During one battle against evil forces, she got carried away and began destroying everything in sight. 
Lord Shiva threw himself under her feet, which shocked her, and in her astonishment came to her senses and stopped her rampage. Legends of gods and kings are very common here. Most of these stories and legends are used to illustrate a point or to direct followers on certain moral pathways. This monastery nestled in the mountains is the result of one such legend. It has also become the catalyst for change in the life of a monk seeking for true peace. And the monasteries we've seen have been absolutely incredible to the eyes. I'm standing here next to a Buddha that has to be 20 feet tall. On either side are figurines that I understand each one going down the line is supposed to be 10 times stronger. But uh, interesting story of where we actually are and how this particular monastery was founded. It seems that a king was on a journey and as he was traveling he came across a leopard. Now this leopard had four kittens. These kittens were starving. So the king himself took pieces with his own dagger, took pieces of his own flesh and fed the kittens to do what he felt he needed to do. Well, because of that incredible service, the story goes that this king became a Buddha. Hence, on the top of this mountain, almost in the middle of nowhere, we have a monastery founded. Buddhists are known for their compassion and peace, but because there is no real or lasting peace outside of the Creator God, following a path to enlightenment and toward nirvana does not offer what many believers would hope for. This was certainly the case with Mila. Mila was a Buddhist monk who sought after peace and finally found it. Now his continual smile and vibrant life are a living testimony to the one God of all. We traveled for hours to get here. Have you lived here in this remote place all your life? I've been living here for a long time now, about 15 years. Sometimes I go to Kathmandu, but it is a long walk to get to the bus. And I live in the mountains, so the walk is hard and I get short of breath. Alone, you're Christian. Unfortunately, there are no Christians here. I am alone. How about family members? Is anyone else uh, listening now? There were 18 baptized members around here, but all of them have returned to Hinduism. Sometimes my family listens to the programs with me, but they have not accepted Christianity yet, but I do have hope that they will. Occasionally they will even go to church with me. Before becoming a Christian, I wanted to find God and was searching for Him. I was alone here and knew that I needed God. I used to go to various Buddhist temples. Any time of the day and night, I would go there to worship, desperate to hear the voice of God. Praying to the Buddha in the temple did not bring me peace. It left me empty and alone. I didn't hear anything in the translation about this. It looked like this is, to me, this is drinking and smoking. Yeah, he, he said he used to drink a lot and he used to smoke a lot. So you were a real drinker, a party man. 
he used to enter into those uh, liquor shops at five in the morning, and at twelve o'clock in the evening he used to be out from that shop. Five in the morning to twelve o'clock at night. How often did you do that? Every day. Every day. For how long? Ten, twelve years. My, and you're still alive. God is there. God gave me strength to live. In the 1960s, Kathmandu and indeed much of Nepal became a haven for the hippie generation of America, seeking after peace and happiness. But they believed it to be buried in the mystic, in the ancient, and shrouded with the mind-altering drugs of the counterculture. They sought enlightenment through the many gods of the Hindus and through Buddhism. Nearly 90% of the residents of this beautiful land claim to be Hindu. However, there has been a joining or a melding, if you will, of portions of Hinduism and Buddhism by the various segments of the population. So what's this temple up here? Actually, this is the period when Pallavas, from the carving, from the monolithic cultures, get a single piece, one stone. Again, it's giant. just one, one piece of rock. One piece. This is do the carving from the Pallavas, some different style made of the carving. One stone, three different carving. This almost looks like it's got a, some kind of cross on the on top. The to not cross. Not cross. For the stupa, like the Buddhism carving. Oh, okay. Number first. Number two, from the Dravidian architecture, from the South Indian carving, it's called Kopuram, number two, middle. And the top, from the stupa, Buddhism. The top is Buddhism. Buddhist. And middle one, Dravidians, called the South Indian carving, is called Kopuram. I'm sorry, the middle one are Dravidians? Dravidian. Dravidian means South Indian. South, South Indian. South of the carving. Now, is that Hindu? Hindu. Hindu. So you've got Buddhist and Hindu. Hindu. On Hindu the same... from the temple. Then there is Ganesha, the elephant-headed god. All ritual text, or tantric as they are known, and spiritual worship in the Hindu tradition begins with the invocation of Ganesha, the elephant man god. Buddhists now frequent many temples and shrines that are dedicated to Hindu deities. This mixing of the two religions is the practice of Tantrism. Tantrism is a set of prescribed formulas calling on physical and moral precepts such as meditation, yoga, and magic formulas to understand the interconnectedness of all spiritual and physical existence. It is Tantrism that has given Nepal many of its more frightening deities such as Bhairav and Kali. These fearsome deities can often be seen in the carvings in the temples. Baha'i Rav is a deity that eats flesh and human skulls, destroying passion. He's a drinker of blood and wine, yet he's supposed to be a protector. AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, animists, or no belief at all. God is using the radio waves of AWR to successfully call and prepare a people for his soon return. But the work is not finished. Your help is needed. There are still so many who must hear this precious message of hope. Please partner with us today so others can hear and rejoice in the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that you and I have already found. Your gift of love will mean so much to so many. If you would like to financially partner with us or would like additional information, our toll-free number is 866 503 
1-800-227-3531. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death. Another, radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country. These and many other stories. It's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 26 says, For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. From the beginning of the fall, men and women have continually sought after peace and happiness through gods and idols, but only the Creator God of the universe can bring peace. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. Notice he is the Lord of peace. Apart from Him, there can be no peace. I found AWR and the programs that they broadcast to be very good and very interesting. They were different from anything I had heard before. The program filled me with the peace and satisfaction. Listening to AWR, I learned that there is a God who loves me personally. People ask me, why do you go to church? And how much does the bus cost to go to church? I tell them 100 rupees and they are amazed. They ask me, where do you get 100 rupees? and I tell them that God provides. They don't believe me and say, you must get more money at church. Money is a great temptation, so they say that I am going to church for the money. They even ask me if I get a salary from the church, and I tell them I don't even get water there, but I go. I go for my Savior and to have peace in my soul. Now, what happened, what happened to your wife? You say you went, were around with the children. My wife died 20 years ago. She had some sudden pain in her side and she started hiccuping. I stayed with her at home for eight days. But on the way to the hospital, she died. Hmm. Now, is this, is this why you started drinking and smoking? Yes. It was unbearable for me, and she had so much love left over for her children. My children and I were roaming around here and there with no shelter and no food. And with small children, I even went to a government orphanage. I was lost without her, and I turned to the bottle for the pain. But now I have Jesus. I believe someday my children will be Christians, so for the sake of my children and my grandchildren, I have hope. My greatest desire is to start a small church here in this place. Right here. You want to start a church in your home? I tried to have church in my home, but it is so small and has not been effective. I hope that others will become Christians, so I won't be alone here. Tell me. You went from an alcoholic, a smoker, a partier, a Buddhist, in a, in a Hindu and Buddhist community, 
to a Christian. How does that make you feel with looking at all that? You left it all. It's all behind you. I left my old life behind now, and I am truly at peace, and I want to be with God's children. Whenever I am away from the church, my heart is restless. I want to praise and worship the Lord. I can't hold in the happiness I have in Jesus. I am very happy, content, and very grateful for my newfound faith. After years of seeking and searching, Myla finally discovered great truth. As found in the text of For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Myla, it's pretty incredible to, to really see all of this, to have watched you in the temple, to see that service. Earlier we saw more services of monks and their chants and the horns, and so to see all this together has been pretty incredible stuff. Ben, why don't you come on over and, and uh, meet Myla. Myla. I understand that you used to come to this place when you were a Buddhist. As a Buddhist, what did you believe? What uh, Was Buddhism for you a god, or was it some kind of wisdom? How would you explain what you believed as a Buddhist in those days? I thought that I was worshiping the true god, but later I realized that I found no peace in Buddhism. But then I found Jesus. I've got to say, when I saw you in the temple, it was beautiful to the ears and beautiful to the eyes, but there was nothing in the heart. And music is a very important part of Buddhism, isn't it? When I was a Buddhist, I liked to listen to the music and sing along. I bowed down before their idols and joined in the chants and meditation. Buddhists worship and meditate to empty their minds of the worries of this world and seek peace. I liked it then, but now that I have found Jesus, I have more peace and joy than I find in Buddhist songs, chants, and meditation. Ben, we need more Mylas. That's for sure. That's for sure. Myla, you have been a tremendous example here for uh, making that decision to follow Jesus Christ. I still remain the only Christian on this mountain. I still pray. I pray that I will be able to spread the word and all my friends and family will join me. AWR is my Christian companion, and that is good, but I long to have my family and neighbors join me in worship. Then I will no longer be alone, but I will have a new family and we will be able to worship and praise God together. I'm glad that AWR has been here to give him comfort and cheer and courage. That's for sure. Myla, you have a hope now in Jesus Christ, don't you? And you know, friends, Myla is a wonderful example of a person who is living out here in an isolated place. He lost his wife over 20 years ago. His children are not yet Christians. He lives by himself. There are no other believers in his town. If he wants to attend an Adventist church, he has to walk for miles in order to get there. And because of health, he sometimes is unable to go. 
but yet he says AWR is his companion. Even though he's all by himself, AWR is there day by day to be with him, to comfort him, to encourage him, to give him a reason to live. Won't you join us in helping to keep these broadcasts coming to people like Myra so that they will have a companion even though they may be in some of the most isolated places of the world. If you'd like to be a part of this exciting ministry, give us a call. The number's at the bottom of your screen. 1-866-503-3531 or you can write us 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904. For those of you with a computer, log on to www.awr.org. Thank you for watching, and please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure because around the world, AWR is making waves.